Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Yeah, g'day, Red Leg Army. Welcome back to Red Legs Radio for another episode. We're doing it thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. And of course, you come home to a climate and Palmer Bet. Get the punting advantage with Palmer Bet. 1 800 858 858 is the gambling help number. Remember to gamble responsibly. Well, I called the show Red Leg Radio at the top, but I have some news because due to unforeseen circumstances, we have decided to rename this program after the events of last weekend. It is now known as the Jackson Callow Appreciation Hour. Move aside, Gary McIntosh. Stand down, Michael Ace. Norwood has a new boyfriend, and he is extremely cute. What a display from the 18-year-old on the weekend. Three goals, seven belied the dominance. 24 disposals, seven contested marks. He took down a couple of Crows-listed players, Fisher Mackesy and Josh Worrell, and he's on afl.com.au, described as a beast. Click on the accompanying video of what you want and you want to meet the man with vice-like hands. He's described as a ready-made forward, likened by Kevin Sheehan to Brody Majacek from the Collingwood Football Club. Who knows? They could be teammates in six days' time. He was at his best on Saturday against the Crows. First, the goal from the southwestern pocket. Now, that was in front of what used to be known as the Wolf Blast Community Centre. It's now the Jackson Callow Community Centre. Uh, yep, we're renaming that as well. Uh, if, and if you thought AFL.com.au was dripping with praise, you should have seen what was written about him on ESPN on the weekend. I'm just going to bring that up for you now because it was outstanding prose from the boys there at SEN. Callow does everything you could ask of a key forward. He attacks the ball airily and on the lead. He's an expert one-on-one who uses his body as well as anyone outside the AFL. So on that note... We're absolutely dis- delighted this evening. Joining us for the first time on Red Legs Radio is the man himself, Jackson Callow. Jackson, welcome to Red Legs Radio. Ah, thank you for having me. Have you ever had an introduction like that? Definitely not, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what has it been like? I mean, the, the spotlight is shining bright on you at the moment. How was how, how were you dealing with that? Oh, look, to be honest, I'm just trying to focus on, on the same plan as we have all year, and that's to uh, play good footy at Norwood and uh, get wins as a team. And uh, I think at the moment we're in our best form that we've been for the whole year, and we've got three on the row now, and um, you want to keep that going this weekend against the Eagles. Did you eye this off at all? I mean, you're probably pretty disappointed not to get picked up uh, in the main draft or the rookie draft last year, signed with Norwood, but did you have one eye that this was a possibility? I think I was a part of my goal was to come over here and, you know, try and better myself as a, as a person and as a footy player and um, work with Jade really closely this year. And, um, you know, my goal was to come over here and play, you know, a full season in the Red Legs and try and learn as much as I can and then, you know, go from there. But um, obviously, you know, mid-season drafts coming up and, um, you know, I'm unsure what's going to happen. And, um, you, know, I'll be, you know, I'll be over the moon if I can get picked. But if not, then it doesn't change a single thing on me as a Red Legs player and that's all I want to be at the moment. And, 
and try and play the rest of the year out here. I'm sure you've got no idea where this is going to end up, but I presume you've had uh, contact from one or two clubs over the last few days? Yeah, I've tried to ignore it a little bit um, and just focus on this weekend. But, yeah, of course, you know, the draft's starting to come up and the clubs, you know, have to get their, their priorities um, straight and everything they want to do. So, um, yeah, I've had to deal with a couple of things like that. But, um, no, at the moment, I'm just yeah, fully focused on the weekend. Jackson, you're new to South Australia. A boy from Tasmania will talk about your heritage shortly. But uh, this town loves its sandful football. It believes in the integrity of the competition. And we've had all sorts of complaints from all of our fans about the mid-season draft. Do you think South Australia... I mean, I, I look at it from this perspective as well. I've seen John Noble has gone to Collingwood and done remarkably via the mid-season draft. Uh, Will Snelling at Essendon was via the mid-season draft. And it's great for these young kids to get an opportunity. Do you think we're just going to have to get used to the idea? Um, with the league you've got, maybe. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> definitely the reason I wanted to come to Sanford and play footy here was because it was just probably the best league outside the AFL. And um, I thought, you know, come here and try and get a senior game was my first goal for the year. And lucky enough, I played in every round. But, um, you know, come here and play the best, you know, league outside the AFL. I think, you know, you, it's expected that a few players are going to start heading off um, from whatever age they are in the, in the Sanford AFL. What's the experience of uh, it been so far? Seven games into your career at Sanford uh, level and your last couple of weeks have been outstanding. You were brilliant against Centrals and, of course, last weekend against the Crows. How have you found the whole experience and the competition? Oh, I've loved it to be honest. I think that um, it's something I haven't really experienced before being down in Tassie. It's a fair bit different, um, but over here it's just you know it's so much quicker and a lot more contested. And you know, you're playing some quality, um, you know, key back and key defenders, and you know, they've got AFL experience or they've you know played multiple games in the Sandville for multiple seasons. And um, you know, then they've also got listed players from Port and, and the Crows, and you know, a mix of all that. You know, you, you approach each week the same, but sometimes it's a bit different what happens on the field. And um, you got you know you got to learn from that, and you just got to change your game style a little bit when you're out there to see who you're playing on. But um, yeah, last year at home, I suppose I was doing similar things every week. But over here, um, I'm a little person basically compared to a fair few of the big boys I've been playing on. I'm just trying to find my way, and um, yeah, each week trying to better myself and hopefully you know do my role for the team. Uh, just, just tell us about footy last year from North Launceston. So were you playing uh, league footy there last year or were you playing under-18s? What was the status of where you were playing your footy? Yeah, so equivalent to here was the league footy down home. Um, sure. The seniors in the state league and um, definitely uh, definitely in the best club down there at North Lonnie. We've been the last seven flags in a row. But wow. Un- unfortunately, we got, the, we got done last year by a couple of goals in the last quarter. But, um, you know, I miss the boys, miss the family down there. It's a big culture we have at the cl- um, North Lonnie Footy Club and, um, yeah, I wouldn't be here today without them, so... I imagine, and I don't know much about North Launceston, but I imagine, I don't know, 500, 800 is probably a pretty good crowd. What was the experience like round one versus Port Adelaide? And there's 5,000 hanging from the rafters at Cooper Stadium. I think we probably had a third at our grand final last year while okay. we had a Port Adelaide game. But, um, yeah, no, when I walked down to that footy field with the boys and just saw the lights and the whole you know, stadium packed, I was just amazed. I couldn't believe that we got that many supporters. And even when you walk down the parade, if I know you play for Nord, no matter what your league player, reserve player, under 18s, they just want a photo of you or just to come and say day because you know, everyone just breathes the footy over here. And it's something that I'm really loving and um, getting used to. But I think you know, also at the same time, you just got to ignore that and focus on the footy and that's what you're here to do. Let's talk about your relationship with the senior coach, Jade Rawlings. Everyone knows him, of course, as Twig. I think you two go back long before you arrived at the Norwood Footy Club. Yeah, so about, oh, I think it was two years ago when I was just about turned 17, 
um, met him at North Melbourne and, uh, yeah, worked really closely with him there a couple of weeks. And then also the year after we went back there and he was still there. So I sort of got there when he got to North Melbourne when he was leaving as well and I just worked real closely through the week and I was trying to be the biggest sponge I could possibly <laughs> be off him. You know, and uh, I think probably got a bit annoying in the end, but um, definitely loved it. And also Twigo only lives about 15 minutes away from me and home in Launceston. So, you know, catch up over, over Christmas and uh, family friends as well and get along with his family really well and his kids, Ed and... And Mason, yeah, I just, you know, I'm loving it over here and loving their relationship with Twiggy's about like, probably the first time I've ever had a coach of AFL experience like himself to learn off and, yeah, definitely had a big year with him. Is the relationship that bit stronger as well? Because he's a very similar player in his day to the type of player you are now. He's tall, he's rangy, he's athletic, but a very good contested mark. That was sort of uh, his specialty and I guess that's something that you're trying to reflect in your own game as well. Yeah, definitely. I think um, one of the biggest things I had to work on personally was my, my body craft um, with the bigger defenders and I, you know, I watched a few footages of um, of Twig when he used to play actually and then uh, went got and did some training with him and just, you know, little things you were showing me and when he demonstrates something, he goes full pedal as well. So if you get a little blood nose, then it's not you know, unexpected. He, he <laughs> likes to show you properly. And um, I think that's the best part about Twig. He just does everything with 100%. And, um, yeah, he's got feeling to it too. Let's go back home, mate. Tell us a little bit about uh, growing up in Launceston and uh, your family and uh, and how they've been involved in your footy career. Yes, uh, Dad's been, always been my biggest influencer. And the, um, you know, he was a cyclist, so he's got a big sporting background. And um, you know, to have someone like that in my life that can just show me and they explained to me what you got to do when you either get injured or what you got to do to get yourself away from the footy when everything's starting to you know, build up a bit and how to get through a full season because you know what these footy seasons are like. They're jam-packed and you're playing a lot of games and training a lot and you got to maintain your body and you've got to maintain your mental state as well. So to have Dad in my corner has been probably the biggest influence in my life sport-wise and lifestyle. And then also my mum and, and my brother, you know, trying to help my brother as much as possible with his footy and go and watch his games. And then mum always drives me around and even when she realises what I'm doing something wrong, she tells me too, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. So, Dad, a cyclist? Did he uh, was is he a social cyclist or did he ride competitively? Uh, he's actually Australian champion at one stage. Wow! Yeah, and coached in the AIS as well. So, um, he was definitely um, had a big cycling career. And say so my uncle Nathan, he um, he went pro for a bit and went into Belgium and you know was trying to get into the tour and and uh, yeah, so a big uh, cycling background in my family. And I think uh, in the end that uh, they didn't really want me on the road. So that's why I got into footy. Yeah, well, I must admit, mate, I'm terrified of, uh, I ride my bike, well, I used to ride my bike a bit and I just lost my nerve. So I can understand that inside a football field, everyone thinks it's dangerous, but it's probably a, a little bit safer than cycling. What was your dad Australian champion in? Uh, track, uh, I think it was the elimination race. Yeah, he went on the track. So, so a track cyclist. So a bit, uh, of, bit of both. He did both, but um, yeah. definitely the Australian title was on the track in Alice Springs, I think it was. So, I mean, track endurance cyclists, uh, you know, they're reasonably wiry, I suppose, but uh, generally they're fairly slight. How did a 198 centimetre, how did dad throw a 198 centimetre son? Uh, well, he's probably a bit taller than me, actually. So oh, really? You wouldn't believe he was a cyclist. And, no. Uh, if you spoke to him now, you'd ask uh, how the bike held him because I think he's he's changed a bit body-wise since he was a cyclist. <laughs> um, but uh, no, he, I think you know, on the track, he had such big quads and I think he just had all the power to keep going. And um, I, Dad's always been someone that in sport, you know, to find a little edge to get in people's head or be mm. real smart with what he does. And, you know, if he hasn't got the body size to do it, then he's always, you know, got in the back of mind what he can do to win. And that's something he's taught me. And, Use that when I used to race go-karts and use that in football and now I had to get into people's edge and get a little edge over them on the field. And on the weekend against the Crows, I think I actually worked a little bit too. I think straight away from the opening bounce, I was sort of into my opponents, into their head a little bit. You know, I'm only 18 and I'm the kid out there, but also I'm not going to be treated like one. I'm just going to show my what I'm there to do with my job. And 
if they you know, try and run with me, then they can try their best, but I'm going to get in their head and, and be in them all day. Have, have mum and dad been able to get here to Adelaide and see you play any games? Yeah, they come to the first game against Port, so it's probably the best one to come yeah. to, too, with all the fans. And um, got them down there in the bar and all set up. My little brother was here, too, and all his merch from the, the Red Leg shop. And <laughs> in the appeal kit. Good yep, boy. He loved yeah. it. <laughs> um, is that an asset? I mean, I'm sure it's not the be-all and end-all, but having a dad who's been in elite sport... Can you learn almost by example or osmosis, probably not the right word, but just by gathering the way dad prepares and the way he sort of got himself organized? I understand the concepts of getting into getting into your head, into into your opponent's head, but just simple things like you were talking about preparation and, and just that mindset. Have you been able to sort of garner stuff from him that perhaps would have taken longer to learn otherwise? Yeah, definitely. I think that's where I've had a big advantage with dad like that. Um at home, he's always big on me on drinking when I'm eating before a game and uh, I'm asleep and everything like that. He's always right on to me. And then this year, you know, I've had to be independent and everything's just self-driven. And this year, I've, you know, I've, I know what to do. I've already learned that from dad. And this year, I just continue to do that over here. And um, yeah, it seems to be working. I'm saying to be playing all right at the moment. But yeah, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. We are talking to Jackson Callow. He is the rising star for the Norwood Football Club in his first season playing up forward. He's been absolutely outstanding. The big recruit. We're very excited to see what is ahead of him, whether it is at the Norwood Football Club or whether he gets picked up next week in the mid-season draft. Jackson, I'm going to ask you to stick around, mate, because I'm really enjoying our conversation. We are going to take a break. On the other side, more of our conversation with Jackson Callow. You are listening to Red Legs Radio. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Yeah, that's right. You are listening to Red Legs Radio. We're joined by our special guest, Jackson Callow, the 18-year-old who has made such a statement in his first seven games for the Norwood Football Club. Uh, we're doing it thanks to Climate Air Conditioning and Solar and, of course, to Palmer Bet Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858 is the gambling help number. Uh, right, we need to talk about the People's Choice Credit Union People's Choice Vote Award, uh, which each and every week, members of the Norwood community get the opportunity to vote for who they thought was the best player, uh, according to the public, uh, with regard to the previous week's game. And of course, the legs took on the Crows last weekend. And uh, the fans have voted. The verdict is in. And of course, the lead there is $500 on the line for an award winner at season's end who leads the voting. So, um, and it's voted by the fans each week, as I said, and they vote on the basis of determination and competitiveness, team first attitude and leading by example. And as I said, the votes are in, the verdict is in from the fans for round seven with 120 votes is our special guest, Jackson Callow. What a big game he had, kicking three goals, seven. We'll talk about the seven behinds with Jackson a little bit later on. That's probably the one little asterisk, the one little black mark. Jacob Collins was very good. He picked up 87 votes. Nicky Rokar, gee, he's been fantastic. Defensive-minded midfielder on 17. And then it was singles the rest to Deck Hamilton, Cam Shenton, Matt Vardaniga, Michael Knoll. It'll be interesting to see whether he's uh, off to the, in the mid-season draft as well. Gold Coast seemed to be eyeing him off. Brad McKenzie, good to see him back in the side. Brody Carroll, Harry Boyd, Jacob Kennelly. A little bit down on form, Jacob Kennelly, after a really good start to the year, and Richard Douglas as well. So that means overall, in the People's Choice 
people's vote for the Norwood Football Club Player of the Year Award. $500 voucher going, or $500 cash, I think, going to the winner. Uh, and it is Jackson Callow once again, leading on 226. Jacob Collins is in second on 103. So a 123 vote lead to Callow. And Nick Rokar on 29. And then it singles the rest. So there you have it. The People's Choice votes. Please get on board. You just go to norwoodfootballclub.com. So it's norwoodfc.com.au and you click through and you can find your ability to vote. The next game, of course, comes up against the Eagles this Saturday afternoon. Uh, We are talking to Jackson Callow. He is in the studio. It's great to have him on board. Uh, Jackson, let's talk about the Norwood Footy Club, mate, and let's talk about the first seven weeks. A great start against Port Adelaide, and then, of course, uh, round two, really solid win against the Double Blues as well. Things really dipped. Uh, but things have really turned back up. When you first arrived at the club, did you get any sense of of the history of the club, of the success it's had in the past? I did a little bit. I went up to the Wolf Blast and had a look around and just saw you know how many great players have been here and um you know the supporters are you know our premier is the supporter as well and um, <laughs> I just couldn't believe how big the club was and um and the support base we had it's unbelievable. I think that you know on the field that's a big impact for us. You know we were out there on the on the Friday night against Port Adelaide, and you hear the boy, like all our fans cheering on, and that just got us going even more. Like we're always energised out there, but when the fans get up and about, and uh, at three quarter time, we couldn't even hear Twig what you were saying. The crowd was so, so loud, and um, I think that's something I really love to be a part of, and um, I just really love the community, the Red Legs. It gets me up and about, it gets us boys up and about all the time. Uh, the greatest strength of the Red Legs community, I'm sure all the listeners will agree with me here, is perhaps the greatest challenge as well, because when things aren't going according to plan, they are just as vocal. Jackson. Uh, had a couple of difficult weeks against North Adelaide and West Adelaide. What was that experience like at a club where there's so much passion? It was uh, all the passion did come out for sure. I think um, <laughs> it was a bit opposite to what was the first, you know, two weeks against um, Port and Sturt. And I think you know when our, our um, community, you know, they travel with us to our away games, it just you know gives us an extra bonus, an extra boost. Like that Sturt game, I think we had just as many fans there as we did the first game, and you know that got us along the line. We probably didn't play our best game that second half there against Sturt, but I think you know that was something that really impacted us. And then also, you know, when we went out of form for a couple of weeks there, we, you know, we struggled and then the fans, you know, they helped us get back on track. And, and so we had to put our, you know, our heads down a fair bit and to come out and beat South Adelaide, who, you know, the undefeated at the time was, um, you know, it was a big challenge. And that's what we needed to do. And we got it done. And, yeah, look at this, we're three weeks in and we've had three in a row. So hopefully we can continue that this weekend against the reigning premiers and the Eagles. But, you know, get as many fans here as we possibly can because we're going to need it at their home ground. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, big game uh, down at Woodville Oval against uh, the Eagles, of course, the reigning 2020 premiers. What happened in that week, Jackson, between the loss to West Adelaide? So I had that horrendous night against North Adelaide, and you can probably almost look back now and write that off, but disappointing the way we backed up. But what happened between week four and week five when, I mean, even the first couple of minutes against South Adelaide, we were two goals down, and I thought, oh, my goodness, here we go again. But, gee, there was some spirit. Gee, there was some bottle. And that's hard to find when the confidence is down a little bit. Can you put your finger on anything in particular that happened in that week in the lead up to that South Adelaide game that where the the the, the switch flicked? I think Nunny was a big part of that, to be honest. You know, Nunny Skip, he's done a great job this year, and definitely to have him across the road from me in the lockers. Um, just you know, he's really impacted me, influenced me, and the way he got around all us boys and you know, the whole leadership group did. 
it was just something we needed to change. And I think energy drops, you know, big time between, you know, the first two rounds and the next two. And, you know, something we focused on going to that South Adelaide game was, you know, to get around everyone. And if we don't have the ball, work just as hard when we don't have it, or if not harder. And, you know, when it got out to, you know, two goals down, you know, in the first five minutes, we thought, shit, we got to get going here. And then all of a sudden, just it started with Nani and it started with the rest of our own ball. It started with Nolsey. They just started going, you know, we heard them. You know, they wouldn't shut up. It was the best part about it. And as a forward line, I was like, far out, you know, this is, this is what we need. This is what we want. And it was enjoyable too. You know, we went out there and we played a hard footy, Red Legs brand contest footy. And then also we were so vocal together. Just, there was no one was going to stop us. And, mm. you know, we took over. And also the coaching staff, Twig, you know, got right into us. We did a lot of detail about what we got to do, what we got to do different. And then you also don't forget what we've been practicing all pre-season. You know, we've had two bad games, but it doesn't mean that the structure or what, what they're coaching us is wrong. You just got to keep going and stick by it. And that's what we've done. And look what happens. So. Um, what about the competition generally? Was it what you expected? You did say uh, earlier in the show that you felt like it's certainly a lot quicker and a lot more contested than perhaps what you've seen playing league football uh, back down in Tasmania. But was was it pretty much what you expected it to be? Um, in a point, yeah. And also probably a bit more than what I expected. I thought that um, coming over here was going to be the biggest challenge I've ever faced in my footy career. And that's exactly what it's been. But you know, I didn't expect to come out here and you'd be playing against so many experienced, you know, previous AFL players or even mm. listed AFL players. Sure. You know, South Adelaide, you got Bryce Gibbs and people like yes. himself. And then at our club, you got Poppy or you got yep. Douglas, you know, you got all them as well, Brad and, and, and mm. Shent as well, like everyone and Griggy. And just, you could name a lot of players. And um, I didn't, you know, that wasn't something I expected. And that's something that's definitely benefited me, you know, learning off those experienced boys as being in the system before and, and also how they much they love the club and how much different it is to probably Adelaide or play Adelaide Sample team. It's just ours as a family, ours as a culture. And I think that's what gives us such a great advantage is that we're out there to play as a team. And, and that's what's made us win. Uh, I don't know how much night football you've got to play in the past down in Tasmania, but it's a real fixture of yeah. the season at Norwood Oval. It's uh, it's very popular for Norwood fans, and it's very popular as well for the Sandful. They love the fact that the crowds turn up on Friday nights at Cooper Stadium. For you as a footballer, do you like playing the night games, or do you? I mean, it's probably better for a key forward, a nice dry afternoon with a red football, be able to clunk it. And you've certainly done that the last couple of weeks against Centrals and the Eagles. Do you have a preference? Oh, look, to be honest, not. In a way, I reckon the Friday nights are amazing. Like yeah. it's, I play footy to go out there and enjoy it with my mates and go out there and have a kick at the footy and that's basically all you know you had to do. And if you want to make that a career, you make that a career. But when you go out there on a Friday night in front of you know eight thousand people or five thousand people, whatever it is, it's just it just gives that extra edge of why you love footy and why you just love playing as a team. And I think you know when you're playing in the dark, it's just the spotlights on all of us. The lights are on. And it's the big stage, and it doesn't get much better than that. I don't think, and that's something I've been loving. I hope we have a few more of them coming the rest of the year. Uh, I'm interested in what you like to do outside of football. So. Uh, you're a boy from Launceston, and my limited knowledge of Launceston, it's not far from uh, Barnboogle Dunes and Barnboogle Lost Farm, a couple of amazing golf courses. Are you a golf fan at all? I am starting to get into golf a fair bit. I've played probably a dozen times in the last probably two months. Right, okay, so got, you're into it. Yeah, I've got into it. I've got myself some good clubs. Um, I think I've got no excuse now. I've got some good clubs, but I'm not very good. So <laughs> I've got to start working a bit more. Where have you been playing? Uh, North Adelaide. went down there. Yeah. A little buddy of mine, he... Um, Oscar Mansell plays actually plays for the Eagles in the under road and his older brother is Ryan Mansell, one of my great mates from down home. He's been picked up to Richmond from the Sandford last year, was in the premiership team and um he's doing a great job and I think yeah, if I start hit whacking him as good as Oscar does, then I might be a bit bit more about golf than a footy. Uh, well, I tell you what, I've I've been down to Barnboogle just once in my entire life and that is just one of the most beautiful parts 
of the world. Let's bring it back on to football. We were having a bit of a laugh uh, earlier in the show about three goals, seven. And you're a good kick for goal, Jackson. What happened last weekend? I don't know, to be honest. I think I just got into my own head a little bit and then just lost my confidence. I even dropped a bloody ball in the last quarter when I was going for a set shot. And I wasn't. people were saying, oh, were well, you trying to play on? And I was like, well, actually, I wish I could tell you I was. But <laughs> I wasn't. I was just, just dropped the ball. And um, and I went there on Sunday morning after the game when no one was at the, at the ground and went to every spot where I had a set shot and ended up kicking six goals once. So wow. I was a bit, bit disappointed uh, from the behinds I kicked. But, um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed with how it happened. On, um, on Saturday because I had confidence earlier, kicked the two hardest ones, and then I ended up missing the easy ones. So. Well, that's that's right. And John Casey, who uh, commentates for Channel 7, he actually said that he saw you have a set shot from exactly where you kicked the first goal in the warm-up. And so he said, this is absolutely immoral. And you put that one through without any problem at all. Is it just one of those things? I mean, as you said, you went back and kicked them all at, at practice. You just got to sort of put it down to, you know, so golfers can have a bad day putting, but they could be a really good putter. Yeah, exactly. I think that... Um, it's been something I've had to really work on this year. I think one thing that many people do realise is how much are different in the ball. Bailey's a lot different to a mm. Sharon. I've never had to use anything but a Sharon in my whole life. So right. I know definitely this year from the you know, when I was at North Lane to here, I've had to change my goal, um, goal kicking routine a fair bit, be a lot more straight because the ball's a lot lighter and a bit more pointy. And um, I'm loving the Bailey. It's a lot different to kick with and I love playing with it, but it's just like, you know, you've got to adjust to some different circumstances. And, um, you know, I, I was kicking all right the week before, so we'll see what happens this weekend if I can go kick it goal. But um, other than that, just get back to tonight and work with the boys with it. That is fascinating. So you changed your goal kicking routine just because the different brand of ball sort of reacts quite differently to yeah. the way you kick it. You said something about you you go straighter. Just explain a couple of the mechanics of what you've done differently. Yeah, so I think with the shower, I used to like, you know, Used to like to have him back in me. I was a little right foot buddy in a way. Used to go and wheel out, and mm. you might notice that with a couple of the longer kicks I do, I do like to arc out to my right foot. But um, with the you know the, the barely being a lot more pointy at the bottom, you got to be really precise of where that point hits your foot. And with the sharing a lot more round and fat, so you can really get under it, and it doesn't matter which part you hit. So if you don't get it, you know the sweet spot on this barely, it's uh, it's going to either really hook or it's just not going to come off the uh, sorry the foot of, um, at all very well. So I think I've really straightened up you know with my long kicking and just had to really gain a bit more confidence so I can just kick through the ball and not have to force it because when you force it, it's just going to go hard left if you're right footer. Mm. And, um, you know, on the weekend, kicked it from 50 of ease and I thought far out, like if I was a share and it would be a bit different. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm really liking the footy and it's actually maybe probably a bit better of a set shot even though I did kick three goals seven on the weekend. When I go back to using a share and I'll be able to just straighten up my goal kicking because that's my routine and um, I'm actually I'm actually happy about it. So. It's fascinating. I mean, it, it almost reminds me of uh, you know a Test cricketer who's been who's grown up on the bouncy whacker and suddenly has got to go and play on a dust bowl yeah. in India. You've just got to even at football level, you've got to change your game according to the type of ball you're using. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually really impressed with these poor Adelaide boys and um, uh, Adelaide Crows boys. Like you know, they go and train all week with their clubs and big of a sharing and they rock up on game day and they've got a completely different ball and some people just need to realise that that's actually a big difference and um, you know accessory is a key forward like if you go and go out there and kick goals with a different ball on the weekend it's like shit you got to change a little bit here so um, they're doing a really good job to you know, switch between the two. Fascinating story we're going to run out of time uh, here Jackson so I don't want to take up too much more of your, uh, your afternoon however uh, I've just got to ask the draft last year was that a disappointment for you that you weren't picked up? Um, it definitely was very disappointing. You know, I sat there with my girlfriend and my family and um, it was the hardest thing I went through. And um, I think that you know, I had Sally by my side, my family, my friends. And 
um, I think in a way it was the best thing that's happened to me as well because I wouldn't have been coming to South Australia unless it happened. And um, I've learned so much more about footy this year. And I've actually learned how far away I probably was and um, how much I've had to learn to you know get to the point where I want to be to get picked up. And um, this year's definitely been that year so far. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be disappointed if I have to keep doing that because that's what I'm here to do. It's been a good trial run almost, you know, live away from home and all of those sorts yeah. of things. Yeah, it's definitely been a big step. You know, I was only in grade 12 last year. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I'm living up the road from my girlfriend. We're always together every night. Now I'm away from my family and my girl and, you know, just having to live independently and do everything by myself. And I'm, you know, it's lonely over here, but I've made great mates at the footy club and a couple of outside the footy club. And, you know, it's a different life. I'm only 18 still and I really miss my girlfriend, Sarah, and my family. But that's definitely something I'm not going to regret later in life. Gee, she's going to be very, very happy when she hears this played back or uh, picks it up uh, on the podcast a little bit later on. Who are you living with here? Uh, Jody and Brad Smith, so um, family um, friends, I suppose now, and also that they're supporters of the club and Judy as well, and they've been following Nord for a long time, and uh, yeah, living up in Ross Trevor with them and Beautiful. having great fun. Fantastic, and I guess everything to look forward to from here because either you get picked up on Tuesday or you don't get picked up on Tuesday and you stick around and play some more footy for Norwood. Uh, exactly right. You know, if it's if I get picked up, that's a, it's a bonus. I suppose I get to go and live my dream a bit earlier than I wanted to or expected to, I suppose. And of course I'd love to do it, but um, if I don't get picked up, then nothing changes. I'm loving it where I am at the moment and I'm just going to keep it going. Uh, it's been an absolute thrill having you not only at the Norwood Football Club, but here with us this evening on Red Legs Radio. Jackson Kellow, thank you for joining us. No, thank you very much for having me. Jackson Kellow there, the boy from North Launceston who has absolutely turned some heads at the Norwood Football Club in just seven games. Looking forward to see him running out against the Eagles at Woodville Oval on Saturday afternoon. Make sure you get down there. We're off to a break. Don't go away. Plenty much more coming here on Red Legs Radio. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Yeah, you listen to Red Legs Radio. It's thank you to Palmerbet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858 is the gambling help. Nine, climate air conditioning come home to a climate. We're heading towards not one, but two big games of football this weekend because in Sanford W, the Norwood Footy Club takes on West Adelaide in the preliminary final. That is a home game at Cooper Stadium, 11 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. And here's what you do, Norwood fans. You get to Cooper's, you get there at 11, you cheer the girls home, and then you race down Port Road, turn left at Oval Avenue and into Woodville Oval, and that's where we're taking on the Eagles on Saturday afternoon. Jackson Callow is our guest in the studio, and we've enjoyed his company. He's been prepared to hang around to chat to our other guest from the Norwood Football Club, of course, the 246-game star for the Adelaide Football Club. Now a proud and happy leggy, Richard Douglas. Welcome back to Redlegs Radio. Thanks, Rocky. How are you, Jacko? Good to be on board. Very good. Thank you, Richard. Good to hear you. <laughs> yeah, there's, I could I just, we chatted very briefly off air when Richard came on and he said if he knew that Jackson Kelly was going to be part of the interview panel, he would never have picked up his phone. But we are delighted that you did, uh, Dougie. Now, just tell us, mate, seven rounds in, of course, a couple of poor weeks, rounds three and four, but outside of that, it's been very impressive. How would you describe the health of the league team at the moment? Yeah, health is good. I mean, uh, we've had a few challenges, one way, a few injuries and, and whatnot, which I guess most sides have had. But uh, I thought we started the season really well, as you mentioned, and had a bit of a lull. But I think that tends to happen with a new coach and a, and a young group. We're trying to learn a new system. But uh, the last three weeks have been really strong, which is which is really pleasing. And 
Uh, probably no bigger test this week than the reigning premiers, so I know the boys are up for it and looking forward to a really good hit out. You're not the sort of bloke to talk yourself up, but you've been satisfied with your own personal contribution this year? Oh, look, I think I've uh, I've had some really solid games and some and quieter ones. So I've probably um, been a little bit uh, up and down at times, which I um, you know, pride myself on my consistency. So I'm really looking at some good form together now. Um, you know, played a little bit out on the wing earlier throughout the year and probably didn't play my best footy. So it's been nice to get back inside the contest and in the midfield the last few weeks and, and seeing a bit of form together. Look, I, I just want to ask you, you were, of course, involved in last year and it was a bit of a roller coaster last year. I'm a big Jared Cotton fan, so I need to just put that out in front. But have you? is there any difference between the way guys prepared, the way just the, the spirit around the group has been different last year to this year at all? It is different. I think, obviously, you know, circumstances outside of Cotts' control made last year certainly very challenging mm. for the group and also for him personally, so we'll put that out there. Um, but I think, uh, to, to Jade's credit, he's blooded some young kids and um, had a bit of a turnover in some senior players and some folks that had some little presence around the footy club. So I think that youth, Jacko included, really brought a bit of a spark and some enthusiasm to the group. And certainly I've found that's been beneficial for me, for an older guy. And I know some other boys who are in the same boat have felt the same. So they bring the energy around training and that flows into games. And I think we probably... Um, you know, we were flat for a lot of last year and, and played a couple of good games, but majority we were, were pretty down and probably below what we expected ourselves. And um, I think, to, to Jade's credit, he's blooded the youth and we're starting to get some real good results. And um, although you know performance might dip a little bit week to week with with the youth, overall I think we're tracking in a really good way, and, and it's going to always be good steps for the future of the footy club. Dougie, there's great excitement, but also great trepidation with what's going to happen with the mid-season draft on June 2. Of course, you don't want to lose players like Jackson Callow and Michael Noel, but at the same time, I'm sure you'd love to see those guys get their own opportunity at AFL level, just like you did for your 15-year career. Just tell us very briefly, tell the listeners a bit about Michael and Jackson, and can you see them cutting their teeth at AFL level later this year? Yeah, no, it is. Oh, look, it's fantastic for those guys. You've got to really um, promote that. You know, it'd be credit to Nord if we do lose those players as much as it would hurt us. But I think for, for Michael to start, his competitiveness and um, the way he follows up at ground level is um, probably a, a cut above the rest at the Sanford level. Um, and his work around the ground is, is fantastic. So I certainly could see him getting opportunity and doing well at the, the high level. And, and for Jacko, um, no brainer, really. 18 years of age, and you don't see kids like that running around dominating, you know, sample games like he did last week. So, um, I'm you know, very hopeful if it's not the mid-season for Jacko, he'll get an opportunity at some stage in the not-too-distant future. And, um, yeah, the sky's the limit, I think, for him. Obviously, 18 and the way, as I said, he dominated the sample game. He's only going to be able to get better and um, with the confidence that we'll be able to do that at the, the highest level. So, um, yeah, it's good. It's been good for him to be able to work at his trade and be around some good senior players and um, I think he's enjoying his foot in, um, you know, if he gets an opportunity this year, I'm sure he'll, you know, probably get an opportunity to play and, and do well. Just very quickly, I've got to get your thoughts on uh, what happened at Adelaide Oval on Saturday afternoon. I'm sure you saw the handball by Nick Murray, the which was uh, accused of being deliberate out of bounds. I'm just interested in your opinion from the perspective of, you've seen now for a year and a half the way the 
the last touch out of bounds rule works in Sandful football. Do you think that's worth applying to AFL football now, or are you satisfied with the way the AFL does it? To be honest, before I played Sandful football, I wasn't a big fan of the last touch, but since playing, I really enjoyed it. It certainly speeds up the game. Um, only query would be whether it would um, impact the Ruckman too much and reduce their amount of contests, because um, that is a unique feature of our game. So whether we take away too many of the boundary throw-ins and um, eliminate their impact, that may uh, open up a whole other can of worms. But I think it's it's an excellent concept and it certainly makes the game a lot quicker. And I can only see it really speeding up the AFL game as well. Um, we've just got to see what the the, you know, the standing rule on the marks done. It's it's changed things a bit. So um, I'd like to see it over go in the pre-season and see how it um, how it works. But I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. Big three weeks coming up, Dougie. You've got the uh, the Eagles away, Glenelg at home, South Adelaide away. Is that where we determine where the Norwood Football Club's really at? Oh, look, I, I think it probably will. I mean, um, you know, three of the, the best sides going around. We've uh, we've uh, obviously played South and, and done quite well against them, but haven't played the other two. So we're, we're keen to see where we're at, but we're learning constantly. And I think um, regardless of these results coming up, um, we'll learn a lot from those games and, um, I think there's no doubt we're going to be better in the second half of the year with, um, you know, learning more of Jade's styles and systems and, and coming together as a, as a group and, um, you know, being quite young. So, um, regardless of that, regardless of those results, we're going to be better for those experiences and I'd like to think we're going to be um, a stronger team in the back half of the year. Richard Douglas, love what you're doing for the club so far. Looking forward to seeing your work in the second half of the year. Thanks for joining us on Red Legs Radio. Thanks, Oogie. Thanks for the hard-hitting questions, Jacko. <laughs> right, he, he got it very heavily involved there, didn't he? All right, well, Jackson Kelly, thank you so much for your time here on Red Legs Radio. We are off to a break on the other side. We're catching up with the team at Palmerbet, one of the great partners of the Norwood Football Club. You're listening to Red Legs Radio. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climate Air Conditioning. Climate Air Conditioning and Solar, simply the best. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Yeah, you are listening to Red Legs Radio. We're getting close to wrapping the show. But before we do, we've got a great partner of the Norwood Football Club to catch up with. Palmer Bet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858 is the gambling helpline. And we are talking to the team from Palmer Bet because Lee Dalton has joined us. Lee, welcome to Red Legs Radio. Thanks very much for having me, Ben. Just get you to talk right in nice and close to that microphone, mate, because Excellent. we need all of the listeners to hear, hear you. You've made it all the way from Sydney, Lee. We have. Came down from Sydney. Uh, we wanted to come down and uh, catch up with all the team at Norwood and obviously uh, SEN and SEN here in Adelaide. So we're very excited about the partnership and Norwood are tracking along pretty well at this stage of the season. So all's going well since we've jumped on board. Now, well, and, and let's just clear a couple of things. Obviously, the organisation is a very good supporter of the Norwood Football Club, but Lee, my spies tell me that you're pretty good mates with Jade Rawlings, our senior coach. Is that's, that about around the mark? That's correct, Ben. Yeah, I go back a long way with Jade. When I first moved to Melbourne when I was 18, I was working at the races. My father was an on-course bookmaker and Jade was there and it was at the end of his Hawthorne stint. Uh, and he came to the races, and he came up for a bet, funnily enough, and I gave him a bit of a clip about leaving Hawthorne. <laughs> and it could have been taken either way, and he took it really well. As you know, Jade's a, a very uh, jovial sort of guy. He yep. took it properly, and uh, we struck up a really good friendship all the way through those years in Melbourne, and 
Uh, I've watched his career closely, and I'm, I'm that excited that he's now in a senior gig, and I know what he can do for the club and what he'll bring to the table, and especially for the young guys. Uh, I saw him at Richmond and how he was with your Jack Rewalts and your Trent Cotchins at that stage before they were household names, and I think those guys would openly admit that Jade really uh, shaped what their career has become, and Richmond have obviously gone on in leaps and bounds, and I expect Jade will have an outstanding impact on Norwood and the South Australian football community. Did he take some money off you with that bet? I think he did on that day. I'm pretty sure the uh, Hawthorne boys rolled onto the BNF that night and they had a pretty big night. So, uh, yeah, Jay, he wasn't a bad judge at the races. He wasn't. I'll give him that. And no wonder he stayed pretty good friends with you as well. Uh, Lee, tell us a little bit about Palmer Bed. I think um, the basis of it is the Palmer family that was Sydney Rails bookies and they've expanded recently out into this uh, great online establishment. That's correct. So the current makeup of Palmer Bed is three brothers, Grant, Adrian and Matthew. Uh, Grant's the oldest. He's my age, 36. So... The boys have been in business now for about seven years in, in the online space. They worked for their grandfather, Teddy, who was a rails bookmaker in Sydney, and uh, all of the boys worked in the finance sector. And they sat down and they said, well, right, which direction is this industry heading? The on-course is obviously in a bit of a decline. Let's take the plunge and go online. And it was a big call to make, it was, because you look at those other organisations that are there, your Ladbrokes, your sports bets, they're gigantic companies with a worldwide presence, uh, and the boys have... Set, set down and said, right, let's have a good crack at this. And they're going really well. Like, uh, it's a growing business. And that's why we're stepping into this sphere and supporting sort of South Australian football through Norwood and a couple of other clubs and trying to extend our, our sponsorship and grow our name a little bit more so we can keep bridging the gap to those really big guys. Well, let's dive down a little bit into your investment in Sandford football. And not only are you involved in the Norwood Football Club, I think you've uh, got some support for Glenelg, for West Adelaide and Central District as well. What was the, the reasoning behind getting involved with Sandford footy clubs? Well, I was well aware myself of how strong the sample is. I've known guys that have sort of come from Melbourne and came across here and played at different stages of their career. And we, we, everyone knows that the sample is definitely the, the second best quality of football outside of the uh, AFL. You've so. won a lot of friends here already with that answer, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> if, if there's any query that it's the second best competition, you get shot down. Yeah, We like to think it's undoubtedly number two. Absolutely. It's number two for us. And we thought coming off the back of COVID last year, uh, there's probably going to be clubs there that are in need of a bit of a support. And we had a really good year uh, due to that. And there was a lot of people moving into the online game, gambling space. So we said, let's have a look at these secondary leagues and let's try and see who we can support and pump some money into the community, support these clubs. Uh, and all we've found is that such great people to deal with not just Samful, but uh, different leagues that we've sponsored around Australia. And people really appreciate our sponsorship and we're building some great relationships and especially here in South Australia, which has been terrific. Lee, it's an incredible market right now, the online gambling space. And we see some of the big players with huge uh, advertising budgets. What's the reasoning behind why a Norwood footy fan should get on board with Palmer Betters distinct from some of the other big companies that you see advertised here, there and everywhere? Well, I think in addition to us supporting Norwood and we, we sponsor a player and you'll see the signage there. So we obviously share a passion that that uh, supporter shares uh, in the Norwood Football Club. But also you're supporting, uh, we're fully Australian owned. Uh, as I said, it's a Sydney company. The boys started from scratch. Uh, we we employ people in Australia, in Sydney. Uh, we're trying to grow. We're in there having a go. And I think that should be enough to get people to download the app or jump onto the website, palmerbet.com. And if the dollar's got to go somewhere, 
we're going to look after you as well. We've got all the products there that everyone else has got. We've got a market leading app. So there's no excuse to say that we're not going with them for any other reason. We're there. We've got everything that the big boys can offer. And like I said, we're bridging that gap to the big guys. Lee, clearly you know your football. You said you're from Melbourne. Just tell us a bit about your background in the industry and uh, I guess your interest in sport as well. Absolutely. I grew up in Warrnambool down in Western Victoria, so I really uh, football rich sort of countryside. Jonathan Brown was yeah. three years ahead of me at school. Uh, guys like Brent Maloney, Matt Maguire, those sort of guys. Jordan Lewis was a year younger. Uh, I played at South Warrnambool, which ironically, Brian Benke came across from the Sandful just after I finished up and he coached South Warrnambool to a premiership in the Hamden League. So uh, there's a bit of an Adelaide connection there as well. Uh, so I played footy there, very ordinary footballer in some good teams, luckily. So they carried <laughs> me a little bit through the under-18s. And then I moved on to Melbourne and my father's an on-course bookmaker in Melbourne, Barry Dalton. He's had right. a licence for 51 or 52 years now. So one of Just the learning, learning the trade then? Yeah, yeah, just learning. I think he'd happily tell you that, yeah, you do still pick things up on the go and he's far from mastered it, but he's made a good living out of it. Uh, so I worked for Dad while I was at uni and then went into that business with Dad after uni. I did try my hand at accounting and a few other things and... Uh, I was much happier at the track I was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Lee, we're absolutely thrilled that Palmer Bed is supporting the Norwood Football Club. We appreciate your time this evening on Red Legs Radio. Outstanding. Thanks for having me to both yourself and also uh, the Norwood Football Club and go the Red Legs. That is Lee Dalton there. He is uh, part of the team at Palmer Bet, and we invite you to get involved with Palmer Bet. But we also say gamble responsibly, and 1800 858 858 is the gambling helpline. Well, that is it for another episode of Red Legs Radio. We're off to Woodville. Oval to take on the Eagles this weekend. Looking forward to your company down there at Woodville Oval. Go the Leggies, Fortis and Priscilla. We'll see you at the footy. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.